Jupiter, Pastor Daniel. This is my pastor. He came all the way from Romania. I think he's my pastor. You're my pastor. <laughs> and we're glad the pastor of this church is here. You know why he's here? Because I texted him. <laughs> I threatened him. I said, I will bring you an enchilada after lunch. And that wasn't nearly enough for Troy. So I get a little gold star by my name at Sunday school. Glad you're better, brother. When I saw the pictures of your arms on Facebook, I thought, he's done. God's not done with you, Troy. So we're excited you're back here. And I'm excited that I have another opportunity to worship with you all. I brought the prettiest girl in church with me. Her name is Rebecca. She wasn't with me last Sunday. I had to put up with an old hairy leg guy from North Carolina, Stephen Jumper, who was here for Project Andrew. I let him know I was preaching here today and he said he would pray for you all. <laughs> Not me. But you all. He enjoyed his time with you guys and girls. And thank you for being so receptive of him. He's just nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof when he preaches because he's preached four sermons in his whole life. And that was number four. <laughs> Pastor, would you pray for me, please? Yes, sir. Come up here. We thank you, Father. We are here to send you. Yeah, I ask you, Lord, we ask you all on you, precious Son, name. The man of God you sent here to speak, we are ready to receive, Father. We thank you already for the word. We thank you, and we love you. On Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. He's pastor of Lighthouse Church at Ten Top. Thank you, Mary, for your great music. And anytime you want uh, to make more money, there's about six churches looking for music directors. <laughs> They'll probably double the pay you're getting here. I just can't imagine six churches without music directors, four without pastors. Woo, we're going through a transition, aren't we? But I'm here to tell you, I haven't started my stopwatch yet. <laughs> I'm telling you, that smell down that hall is, it's enticing. I've already paid for my ticket though. Okay, I'll set it, but I'm going to give myself five more minutes because this is all, this isn't the sermon here. It only goes downhill from here. <laughs> At the church I used to preach, they said, you only get 15 minutes, so I learned to have a little mini message in between some of the songs. They never timed me on that, Mary. But ladies and gentlemen, our God is an awesome God. You couldn't have picked a better song. Because, uh, to be honest with you, this is my 7-Eleven message. Can you tell I like food? 
I love 7-Eleven. They only came to Hood County, what, a couple years ago. Now they're in Somerville County. We're about to get an awesome. Woo! We're getting big, aren't we? 7-Eleven. God love them. Slurpees in the summertime. <laughs> My 7-Eleven message is because in Psalm chapter 19, starting with verse 7 and going through verse 11, are the messages of God to us. So if you have your Bible or your tablet or your phone, let me start my life. We're not running late today because this is uh, Sunday lunch at church. My wife and I could have eaten at five churches this weekend. I managed to do four by myself. I brought her to number five and the best one. Psalm 19, verse 7 says, The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and all together righteous. All together. Amen. Can't have one without the other. I've talked to a lot of church folks in the line of work I'm in. And there's a lot of confusion in our churches. Some guys say, I don't believe in the Old Testament anymore. I pity you, sir. Then you don't believe in the 23rd Psalm. You don't believe in the Ten Commandments. How can you have one without the other? The old song says, love and marriage, they go together like a baby carriage, right? Well, in the Word of God that I carry in my pocket, on page 22 is the 23rd Psalm. Did anybody get one of these last Sunday at this church? Anybody by the name of Mark get one of these? You still got it? Good. I carry that one because, Ellen, I can't carry this one. <laughs> but you know, the same 23rd Psalm is on page 1350 in this book. The same author wrote this little one who wrote this one. And for anybody to get confused about that, I don't understand. You know, the Bible even says he's the author and finisher of our faith. The Word of God. I've got a message on that, Troy, if you ever invite me back. It talks about how the Word of God isn't errant. It's infallible. It's inspiring. It's the best-selling book in the world. 100 million copies of the Bible are sold every year. What country produces the most Bibles? Give me an answer. China. Now, isn't that interesting? 
chatting. The word was produced, see. Doesn't say believes, it said produced. The most expensive Bible. Somebody gave me an answer on that. The most expensive Bible was a Gutenberg Bible. Sotheby's recently sold it for $4.35 million. Wow. <laughs> this is my Bible. I believe it says and means what it says. I will always keep it in my heart. When I was a kid, we had a lady on TV that wasn't so long ago, Ned. Don't look at me like that. Her name was Dale Evans Rogers. And she says, how do I know? The Bible tells me so. Never forget that. Billy Graham used to stand in front of thousands of people. A couple of thousand behind him in the choir. And he would say, the Bible says. I don't care what man says about it. I don't care what Henry Blackaby says about it. John Pfeiffer, the pastor over at that little church in Dallas. I don't care. I care what the Word says. In our Baptist faith and message, we've had a bunch of these over the years. The one thing that's right is we keep the Bible, the Holy Scripture of God, right up front. And it's got about 50 references about the Word of God. May we never get confused about that. It's also found, Herschel Hobbes wrote a book about it. It's like chapter 2 or 3 here. Hey, this book's about as old as you are. The Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired. It is the record of God's revelation. It is a history book. It is a literature book. It is a philosophy book. But it is a book of revelation. Amen. Salvation and revelation go hand in hand. Be ye not confused. It says, it forever, it forever will bless your life if you let it be in your life. Recently I got smart and found out Amazon can deliver stuff before a Sunday. So they delivered a clay light lamp made with clay from the Hebron Valley, 12.8 miles southwest of Jerusalem. This will be a lamp unto my feet. The Word of God will be a light unto my path. This is specifically designed to fit in a person's palm. So as they're walking, they can light the wick and it illuminates the next step. You see, as Christians, we're always worried about the rear view. Here's the front view. The front view through the windshield of your vehicle is what counts. And the front view is what God says we're supposed to do. He's a forward-looking God. Let's forget about what happened in 1952, 1962, 1972, 1980. That's the past. Let's think about and claim the promise of the future. 
He wouldn't tell us it will light our path. It's just the next step. In faith, take the next step. In faith, take the next step. He doesn't say worry about the last step, just the next step. So, when I got this, it dawned on me that we make our Christianity way too complicated. We put all these big words in there nobody understands, including me, because I don't proclaim to be a preacher. But I proclaim this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, O Lord, in your sight. That's enough. If you believed in Him, that's enough. So, the Lipan Phone Company reminds me about messages from God. You ever preached a sermon on the Lipan Phone Company? I didn't pity you had. So I snuck one in on you. This is a low blow. I know. Couldn't be better time. Well, I got on the internet, and you, I don't know who Mr. Google is, but he's a pretty smart character. He spent more time in the library than I ever did. So the messages used to come down the line, probably on the live hand phone exchange in Bluffdale, when there were party lines. Sometimes the line might have had to been cleared. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Let me see a testimony. Because you sure wanted to know who was on the line with you, didn't you? Alright? I'm here to tell you God's line is never busy. God's line is 24-7. Nobody has to clear it. But we as a church have to preserve and maintain the line. Recently at our house, guys showed up in white trucks and had buckets on them. And I mean to tell you, there was a million of them. They looked like fire ants. And they dug holes in our front yard and in our side pastures. And they put up poles that were eight feet taller than the last poles. What was wrong with the last poles? I don't understand. They dug these deeper. They dug them straighter. I wrote a song a few years ago for... Eugene Montgomery and the boys called Jesus is my corner post. If you set your post in the corners deep and straight, the whole fence can follow suit. But if that corner post is crooked and not deep, you might as well forget it in West Texas particularly. Now here you might need to bring your rock bar. Okay. And maybe more than post diggers. But I'm here to tell you, in our lives, there's so many sources of inspiration information, there's very few sources of inspiration. The inspiration comes from our Father on the line, just like in Psalm 19, when He tells us what I've given you is for your own good. Some of us don't even read it anymore like that. Mm -hmm. Telegraph, telephone, modern technologies, they change every so often. Recently, my wife and I had to go give up our consumer cellular and get a highfalutin phone. Neither one of us have a clue how to operate it. <laughs> Friday, I called her eight times. She never once answered. I accused her of knowing it was me. All I wanted to know was where we going to go get some grub. My number one question in life, where are we going to eat tonight? She never answered me. You see, 
When we get so busy, we turn our ringer off in life and we don't hear from God, we're in deep trouble. Because He's still sending the message down the line. But we've got to maintain the line. The job of the church, ladies and gentlemen, is to maintain the line. Keep the post straight. Keep the post deep. Keep the post secure. And when some storm of this world, be it political, be it social, be it whatever it is, blows those poles over, our responsibility is to put them back deeper, straighter, and stronger than ever before. Be ye not confused. They can't be flimsy. We're going to be under attack. The church as a whole, ladies and gentlemen, is under attack. The Word of God will stand the test of time. It has all this time. Written by over 45 men. No contradiction, no conflict, and no confusion in the Word of God. Many of those men never met each other. But they met the architect of our faith. God Himself. So, in my opinion, the Word of God does not need correction. Does not need change. It needs to be read. It needs to be believed. Be believed. There was a TV show used to come on, and I remember a couple would sit at a piano, and she would sing in the most awful voice. He would try to sing with her. He had a voice about like mine, so it was a joke. It started their TV show every week. Anybody happen to know who I'm talking about? There's a line in that song that says, by the way, it was Edith and Archie Bunker in case you're younger than 20 or 30. One of the lines says, we could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. Well, I don't know much about Mr. Hoover, but I know a whole lot about a man named George Mueller. Anybody ever heard of him? Great theologian. Lost his wife after about eight years of marriage. But he would get up at four in the morning and pray and read his Bible till breakfast, which was at eight o'clock. Then he would go back and read his Bible till noon. He gave over two million dollars to other ministries. He never asked for an offering. He never asked a person for a penny. He believed God would supply all the needs that he had. And God did. He built 35 orphanages over there where you're from, Daniel. 35. 23,800 children went through George Mueller's orphanages. I'm amazed. I'm a man of little faith compared to George Mueller. We in this country could use a man like George Mueller again. He got up to preach after being on the ocean liner all night at the great cathedral in Chicago. He slept as the music leader led 45 minutes of songs. I would too, Barry. <laughs> Somebody nudged him. Dr. Mueller, you're up. He lost his voice going up to the stage. He stood there and apologized. So instead of preaching this great elaborate sermon and pre preparing, God does that, doesn't he, Troy? 
You work on one for a week and you step up here and it changes. It changed for him. So Dr. George Mueller stood at that great cathedral in Chicago and said these words. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Went and sat down. I heard hundreds accepted Jesus that day. When you put man's opinion in the way, you got trouble. We got trouble right here in River City. And it starts with a capital T and it rhymes with P. Trouble in the pulpit when men and women get away from the Word of God. And ladies and gentlemen, they're away. I don't know what they're reading. But when you read the Word of God, it says it is a telegram. It is a telegram to sinners. Amos 4.12 says, Prepare to meet thy God. It is a telegram to the seeker. It says, Behold the Lamb of God in John 1.29. It is a telegram to the saved ones when it says, Be strong in the Lord, Ephesians 6.10. It is a telegram to the servant when it says, Occupy till I come. Luke 19. And it is a telegram to the sufferer. Behold, I come quickly. Revelation 27, 22, 7. God reveals His Word to us. His message to us is perfect. His message to us is sure. His message to us is right. His message to us is pure. We are told in the Word of God to fear God. Now we've got a confused state of mind about that. I've got a sermon on it sometime. Two. The judgment of God is true and pure. The ordinances of God. One of our churches and our association for the first time today, I mean the first time in a year, this morning is going to baptize a 14-year-old teenager. I love it when the baptismal waters stir. I've seen them stir right up here. So, the Word of God is a revelation. The Word of God is a signpost, and the Word of God is a telegraph. But you've got to be sure your lines aren't rusty. In church, we've got to be sure the poles aren't broken and out of shape. You know, in vacation Bible school, all the boys knew the Word of God. Because our teacher would say, there's a stick of juicy fruit gum for the first person who can tell me the shortest verse in the Bible. Let's see how many men can raise their hand. You know what that is and you're a man, raise your hand. The shortest verse in the Bible. Here's, I'll give you a stick of gum later. Three men. Well, it was always a competition among the boys. Shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Boy, we wanted to get that one quick. Then she would say, who was the shortest man in the Bible? Well, the girls can get that. Zacchaeus. Who was the biggest man in the Bible? I guess we got that one. Goliath. Nine and a half feet. Then it got real tricky because our teachers' questions got more serious. How many books are in the Bible? Yes, 66. 
Then she would say, this one we never got. Probably nobody's answered it at First Baptist Church in Wellington, Texas, since I was there. What are the two books of the Bible that even fail to mention the name of God? What? We didn't have Google. We had uh, Encyclopedia Britannica and a World Book. But those answers weren't in there. Two books of the Bible. You make it know? Ruth. Song of Solomon. Don't even mention God. Well, you see, I believe the Word of God is our owner's manual. He wrote it for you, and He wrote it for me. 1,400 years through the lives of 45 men. In my Ford truck, I have a manual. They're real fancy about it. They put this little leather-bound manual for you. But this is the manual to my Ford truck. If I have a problem, I'm supposed to go consult this, aren't I? Before I try to fix anything. Well, it took me a while to find it yesterday because it was up under the seat. Well, I tend to be a little bit of an electrician. Not much of one anymore. That's my stopwatch. Electricians have a manual. This happens to be the code book from 2017 because they're about $38 anymore. I figured that ought to last me. There's a manual for that. Well, I'm here to tell you the Word of God is our owner's manual. Why do we want to do this on our own? Why do we want to ignore it? You know what Madeline Murray O'Hara said? That famous Texan from Austin, Texas. If Christians... If Christians really believed the Bible and did what it said, I would have not been a threat to them. Now that's an atheist talking. Denzel Washington, you ever heard of him? Says he reads the Bible through at least once a year and every day he reads his copy of Open Windows. Denzel Washington. I heard the other day the Blue Bloods guy, Mark Wahlberg, is a born-again Christian. God is at work, folks. The way we need to do this is find out what God's doing and join Him. Don't try to reinvent it. Just join Him. He just asks us to seek and follow and take in the famous words of that great old song that a lot of people didn't like, one day at a time. Remember that? Christy Lane, I think, right? Just take one step at a time, one day at a time. That's what this brother's having to do right now to get back on the road to health. Why do we think we got to jump ahead of God? I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, when we do, it is always a train wreck. Because in so doing, we get off the road. We're going to run over some poles. The line will fall down. And the message won't get delivered to our neighbor. We're supposed to be our brother's keeper. We're supposed to maintain the line from God. Even though it goes maybe right through our front yard, or over our pasture, or over the roof of our house, we are responsible to be sure 
We're in the right place at the right time. Being faithful to do the least of these things. Don't worry about these great big things. Let's worry about this. Let's keep the main... How about this? We keep the main thing the main thing. Let's don't argue about the translations of the Word of God. I didn't read from the King James Version. My mother would slap my right ear if she knew that. I did not read King James. Well, you know, let's don't argue about the translations of the Bible. Let's tell somebody about God's Son, Jesus, and the good news. All those other things will be added to us. Quit worrying about them. He doesn't want us to be in conflict or confusion. He wants us to dwell peacefully. Amen. And when you're in this place, there's peace, right? Amen. The same peace that passes this understanding will accompany you on the road of life all this week. Let's pray. Pastor Troy is going to come down front. There's somebody who needs a good church home. I can recommend First Baptist Church, Lapan, Texas. I've been here several times. They hadn't kicked me out yet. They welcomed me and my family. Barry, you got a song to sing for us? Come on up here. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know our Savior Jesus Christ, I would invite you to accept Him as your Lord and your Savior. You'll never, ever regret it. Nobody in this room should die without Jesus and go to hell. You should accept Christ. You should follow Him in believers' faith and baptism. And join fellowship with the church that believes in the Holy Spirit, the Son of God, and God Himself. If you need to make a decision, come forward during this, our time of invitation.